Please note that the views and opinions talked about in this episode are those of the host and the guest and are not intended to malign, judge, or be disrespectful in any means. This podcast is for educational purposes regarding our own personal experiences with the military lifestyle and community, with, of course, a little laughter and fun along the way. Enjoy! My name is Leanne, and welcome to another episode of Coffee and Crime with a Military Wife, a podcast where I share my interests of true crime and also share my life as a military spouse and talk to other individuals from the military community of the pros and cons of the lifestyle. On this episode, I had the pleasure of talking to a woman named Vanessa. She's originally from Africa, but has moved to Florida. She is a wife of 26 years and counting, mother of two, the founder and owner of her own business called Reset with Vanessa, and in her spare time, her and her husband travel the world in a van with a company of their two small dogs. Her business model is based on one's life beyond the military, finding your nomadic bestie, and helping you through the relocation assistance process. She guides the military veteran community. and welcome to another episode of Coffee and Crime with a Military Wife, a podcast where I share my interests of true crime and also share my life as a military spouse and talk to other individuals from the military community of the pros and cons of the lifestyle. On this episode, I had the pleasure of talking to a woman named Vanessa. She's originally from Africa, but has moved to Florida. She is a wife of 26 years and counting, mother of two, the founder and owner of her own business called Reset with Vanessa, and in her spare time, her and her husband travel the world in a van with a company of their two small dogs. Her business model is based on one's life beyond the military, finding your nomadic bestie, and helping you through the relocation assistance process. She guides the military veteran community. smooth transition after retirement. Exit strategy plans for smooth transition after retirement. This is Vanessa Donaldson. I'm a military spouse empowerment guide and um, I've been married 26 years to my U.S. Marine Corps hubby, so we've been retired about 10 years. I thought we would just bring some tips today uh, from both perspectives, retirement side, I'm over the hump now, and we're giving a voice to our military uh, spouses. We want them to be seen, heard, validated, loved, appreciated, empowered, all those things. So today we're talking about something we, we talked offline about. We thought we should really expand this and share this with the community, and it is the importance of like having your independence and alone time, even though you're married, so that we don't get that unhealthy feeling of like being that needy attachment where we can't do anything without the guy. And I can share more on that too as we go. So today we're focusing on five tips uh, on the importance of alone time in a healthy military marriage. So point number one, um, I'll mention the points, the tips. So the first point is personal growth. 
personal growth is, you know, when we're just spending time on ourselves doing things that maybe our hubby's not into. Maybe it could be crocheting, something like that. And your hubby's not going to sit down and want to crochet with you. Maybe you're a reader and he's not and you want to, you know, get through some books on your own. So personal self-growth, what that looks like for you. Um, hobbies that you might want to be doing for yourself uh, that maybe don't involve your husband. You can do stuff together too, of course, but this we're talking about things that you can do for personal growth for yourself and how important that is in a healthy military marriage. I think it's really important to have a sense of self and a sense of who you are as a person. Just because you're married to a military spouse, um, that is important, but it's also important to have your own sense of self and who you are. So as you mentioned, finding stuff that you like to do, whether it's crocheting, crafting, um, it's, it's great. And it's also great to have time alone with your friends and have time alone with their friends and they do their own thing with their friends. Um, and then at the end of the day, if you can come back and watch a movie together or talk, how was your day? And just kind of debrief that way. At the end of the day, when you pass to the hip with your partner and then he leaves for six months, then, and it does happen, but then I find in that case, you often struggle when they're away and you have even more of a harder time of trying to find that balance and trying to find yourself um, when that partner is not there. So it's uh, important to have that sense of identity, I think. Really is kind of like a priority point number one. Like if you don't know yourself and have your identity and are not happy in your own skin and comfortable with who you are and how you show up in the world, it's going to be hard to connect with other people, to, to bring your light and love to other people because you're going to be so busy working on yourself and trying to figure out internally, you know, what's off. So definitely self, uh, personal growth identity is huge. I love point number two would be uh, mental health. So this is ways that and mental health is like a huge topic i think in this um generation especially once the pandemic hit too like the whole mental health industry just took on a whole different plane all over the world doesn't matter where you're living so the mental health side which means like relaxing unwinding um, recharging those kind of things have to do with your your mental health kind of like a self-care thing like what do you do you know, that's maybe a physical activity, um, meditation. I mean, I'm a, I'm a life coach, so meditation, breath work. Like, what do you do to calm yourself down to, to when, you're, when you are stressed and, and take care of your mental health? Because if, if you're just going to ignore that and try to sweep it under the rug and pretend it's not there or hide those emotions and feelings, chances are, you know, you're going to blow up at some point and you might be blown up at each other at that point. And we all know, like military marriages i mean probably over 50 percent. i think the last statistic i read end up in divorce and a lot of it is the mental health i mean yeah the guys are gone a lot if you're a mom being single mom with two kids or three kids or whatever's running around your house and you don't you don't even have a night out to like have a babysitter so you can go maybe get your nails done or something like if you're not programming and and prioritizing that time you're gonna burn out i think again it comes to like having a support system and knowing who you are and also knowing your limits. I think this is an important piece along with mental health. Like as we talked about a little bit before, I'm very busy. So I work full time. I study part time. I have another part time job. It's also very important to um, find, so know your limits and know when and like enough is enough, I guess, and be aware of what you're, limits are and 
burnout. So I think that's super important, whether you're in the field of whatever you're in as a professional and even as a mom being alone at home, um, knowing when that burnout point is. Um, Because I'm not a parent, but I'm sure for those of you who are, I think you may identify as being a mom first, especially for little ones, um, which is super important. Um, but it's also important to have time um, for you as well. So I think you, Vanessa, you mentioned before when you were in um, active duty, you had your friends and family supporting you and raising your kids because you wanted to go back to school. So that I think is a great example of, you know, mental health, putting yourself first. And um, that's great. Like having that sense of community. I don't know how that how well that would go nowadays so I think that was super lucky for you to have that support um back then I think now people are so busy which is fine but mental health is super important um and another piece too I'd like to add is when I first started dating Dylan and me going into the social work field we had that discussion we said I said okay me and you we're both predispositioned to PTSD trauma Um, anxiety, depression. I've been to therapy before. I'm a big advocate for therapy. And I said, if you ever go on tour and you see all the bad side of it, would you go to therapy? And he did say yes. And we will see when the time, if and when the time comes, if he would, but I I think he would go. Um, So we had that discussion and we thought like, if we have kids, like how are we going to handle that and mental health and you know, put setting those priorities and making sure that we're well, because if we're not well, then we aren't able to take care of others. I didn't have family, you know, nearby. So mm-hmm. I relied on church community. That's what I, that's where I looked to for help and for support. So it would just so happen, you know, if you're kind of leading an active Christian life and you're in a church and someone's struggling, the whole purpose is to be the hands and feet of Jesus and help people mm-hmm. when they're struggling and not to ignore it and stay in your little me world box. So in a church community, for me at least, that was, you know, the lucky thing that happened. I mean, a lady literally walked by on the street in San Clemente, California. We were stationed at uh, Camp Pendleton Marine Corps Base. And she passed me a flyer saying, you know, church meeting here on a corner. And I'm pushing my stroller with my baby. I knew my husband was getting ready to deploy. I was just, I never even knew what the word deployment meant. I was like, a D what? What are you going to do? Yeah, I'm going to zip over and do this like Westpac thing and be gone for six months and I'll be back home. And I'm like, excuse me. So all I could think of was to run to God, like, and show this the fact that this like angel fell from the sky and passed me a flyer, and I brought it home. And thank God, my husband saw the value of it too. I said, we have this flyer for this church that's meeting, a little small church down the road. Like, can we go on Sunday? Because I'm gonna need some help with this when you're gone. And so they were so supportive, and yeah, they were the ones that like literally rotated my daughter around on the weekends so I could go. Friday night school and Saturday, Sunday, all day, full day for months until my husband came home and then he helped, you know, towards the end part. And I continued that cycle for like a year, year and a half. I just got my master's in administration, master of science administration and did it all. And I had mentioned to you before the first deployment, I wasn't thinking about that. I wasn't thinking about self growth, personal development. Mm -hmm. I was just like deer in the headlights. Oh my gosh, my husband just left me and I'm home with a, with a baby. Like what the heck just happened in my world? So there was a lot of pity party. There was a lot of, you know, complaining to myself, feeling like the victim and all that. And in fact, I was just at a a prayer session with women. They meet at the church on Tuesdays and just like silent prayer. It's kind of a cool thing. And I just met the woman. I said, my name is Vanessa. And she looked at me and she's like one of the elders in the group. And she said, victorious Vanessa. 
And I'm like, oh my gosh, I love that. So I'm, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, let me put out that to the world. The fact that she said that, like, it just even empowered me more. Like, my shoulders went up a little. I'm like, yeah, I am victorious. I've been through a lot, and I can handle this with support and faith in God and all that. So. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is an online therapy service that will connect you with a licensed therapist specific to your needs and goals. Therapy is kind of like dating. Sometimes it takes a while to find the one, but eventually you find that person that is right for you and also brings the best out of you. I know when I was fired from my job during COVID, and we all know how hard it is to find a job already while being a military spouse, right? So getting let go from a job for the first time ever had really thrown me for a loop. I felt like a failure, felt like I wasn't good enough, and my self-esteem was way down. But I turned to BetterHelp to find a therapist that was right for me. It took two, three tries to find the right one, but eventually I did and it saved my sanity and helped me look at things from a different perspective. That's what I like about BetterHelp. And to make things even better, You're able to chat with your therapist via phone, messaging, or video at your convenience and will take you on your own personal journey of self-discovery. You can even do this at the comfort of your own home and even wear PJs. You can switch your therapist at any time with no additional charge if you feel like your current one is not the right one for you. Discover yourself again with better help and start your therapy journey. Visit betterhelp.com slash coffee and crime to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash coffee and crime. Number three, ooh, this is a fun one, rekindling mm-hmm. romance. Rekindling mo- romance, which means like to reignite and put that spark back in your marriage. I'm actually working with another woman who um, wrote a book called Your Treasured Marriage. And um, I met her through Christian networking groups like years ago in California, and we still keep in touch. So she's on TikTok too. She's in her 70s on TikTok. I saw this pop up saying, millennial closet, the millennial closet, you know, mom with the book or something. And I was like, what is, what is Jeannie doing out there? And she was promoting her book on TikTok. And so when I mentioned that, I, I got to have her in my space for these military spouses to talk about this stuff and uh, I'm reading her book right now and she's like absolutely I mean military spouses are like near and dear to her heart she's like whatever I can do to help support so hopefully yeah maybe you'll be part of that too we'll do a, a book yeah. up at, and um, just she's got just full of chock full tips on marriage I mean your treasured marriage how to treasure it how to keep it treasured how to guard it all that stuff so I, I would love to share that with other military spouses to set them up for you know success on the other side not just in some silo, you know, spiraling tornado hole of going down the, the other way. So there are resources out there. There's people to help along the way. So use them. You know, life wasn't meant to be alone. So be open to receiving, you know, help if um, if people are seeing red flags and struggling. So rekindling your marriage, like it allows when you're alone from each other, it actually at the same time you create this longing for each other because now, for example, I went on a girls' trip. We went. And I kept putting it off. I think I told you that too. I, I had women, I was like, I needed some girlfriends. And I was like, don't you have any girlfriends? Cause he can just pick up the phone and talk to some combat vet from, you know, whenever he's got his list of buddies, he can call, pick up the phone, message them on Facebook anytime. And they will prioritize, you know, for each other and pick up the call and talk. 
And I'm like, you know, we moved around every two to four years, so I'm kind of building a new military spouse circle every time. So that was kind mm -hmm. of lonely and isolating. I'm not on one base the whole time. And we've been from California to Africa to um, Trinidad and Tobago and the West Indies, UAE, and then Hawaii, and then back to California. Like, yeah, every two to four years around the world, literally trying to build these relationships. So I kind of felt like left out or like, what about me? I got to have some girls to hang out with. And luckily some Christian women would just message me like once a year, like, Hey, we're doing a girl's trip. Want to join us? And then something would hold me back every time I'd be like, cause I'm, I was kind of a little more on the needy side of the wife. I'm like, Oh, I don't want to leave my husband. Mm -hmm. And I turn him down every time. No, thank you. It's okay. I got something going on. So they never gave up on me. And then last year, they messed again. Hey, girls trip again. Want to come? And I talked about with my husband. I said, do you think I should go on this girls trip? He's like, absolutely. You need to have some women to hang out with. And they're Christian women. Like, he knows we're not going to be doing some crazy stuff. There's some, some people he might think twice and be like, no, I, I don't think you need to be in her space. But with the Christian ladies from our old church, and uh, we used to work out on the beach together. It's like a really, you know good supportive crowd so we went to we drove and we went to uh the creation museum and noah's oh, ark talking wow. stuff it was so cool and we laughed and played along the way we stayed at little it was all driving with one car we took turns driving you know the main person's car and every day that i was away i was still messaging my husband i love you i think i said it more on text than you know you do sometimes in i love you i miss yeah. you and it's like we're dating again. And every day that went on, I'm starting to like, first I'm panicking, like, when am I going to see him again? What's the day? What's the countdown? He was, you know, supportive of it, which is great. I mean, if you have a spouse who's like the other boundary side of, you know, very possessive and not letting you out and not letting you breathe and have that space, that's, that needs to be worked on too, because that's not so healthy. So, um, yeah, so that's, that's all under rekindling your romance. So when you do get together, oh my gosh. I got together with the, the group and her spouse was there and everybody, you know, reacts differently. Some are not very touchy in public or whatever. I, I didn't care. I ran up to him. I had some new cowboy boots. I think I bought in Tennessee on the way home or something. We passed through, where was it? Galvis, um, Gatlinburg, Gatlinburg, Tennessee. We passed through on the way home. I got me some cowboy boots and a hat and I texted him. I'm like, I'm spending like $300 today, honey. I'm getting me some boots and a hat. And I came home with it and gave him a big hug and smooch. And it was like, dating again it was awesome so yeah well I think that goes back again to like personal growth and having your own little circle and mental health and that's super healthy to have your own thing and to do your own thing um for the rekindling side when my partner goes away we're we're texting we're facetiming we're doing the things when time allows for for him on his side and of course, we have to take in consideration the um, time difference. So either he's waking up and I'm going to bed or whatever. But we still make time. Um, when we first started dating, he was away for 11 months. And he'd call me late as well. And even if it was just 10, 15 minutes, like it was better than nothing. And we made time. Um, then I find when he gets back, I know for me personally, I kind of get shy all over again. And it's like, oh, don't, don't touch that bathroom. Get all shy. I find all over again, but that's just me. But it is kind of nice because it's like you're doing the whole like redating again and getting to know each other again in a way. And it's kind of nice having that healthy relationship, I guess. Which, um, yeah, I think that's really important. It reminds me, I was on another podcast, and now it's coming up again. The negligee talk. <laughs> 
But I was at church um, in Texas alone. My husband was deployed. We had two kids. And I was always doing like mops, mothers of preschoolers, or in that space with, you know, female mentorship that were two steps ahead of me to guide me. You know, I, I knew it. They, they had wisdom and knowledge and biblical truth that I could apply to my life. So I wanted to be in that space. And so I was at this uh, mother's retreat thing or something, just like a morning thing at the church. The kids are all in the room nearby in, a, you know, the daycare center room and and this woman who was kind of part of the presentation team, like rolls in with one of those, uh, like if you're into modeling and stuff, those carts on wheels with all the clothes hanging on them. So it's on wheels and, and we're all getting our Bibles out and getting settled and on our, by our tables and doing little meet and greets. And we look up and it's a whole rack of like negligees that she rolled in. So she, everybody looked up like, what the heck, where did we sign up for? Where do we <laughs> so part of that discussion was, setting up the stage for that intimacy for our husbands. I mean, yeah, I can be running around yeah. with my usual look is like you hair in a bun, you know, sweatpants on, t-shirt. I mean, in, we're in Florida right now, so a lot of heat. I'm just like half the time. If I put a sarong on, it looks better. Like he's actually like, oh, yeah. but hair in the bun with my shorts and his, you know, nappy t-shirt. So, but yeah, to that visual and they said, you know, they all asked, um, when was the last time you guys put on like a nice, you know, negligee for your spouse and you know in the bedroom and we're all like oh and I'm like I got spit up on me and babe no I'm not thinking no negative yeah. I don't want to attract any of that <laughs> and, you know they explain that this is part of the courtship for a male and he might actually you know like to look at his wife as if they were dating before sometime with yeah put the hair down put the lipstick on because my husband even says you always put lipstick on for everybody else what about me if every time you leave the house you put what about and I wear lipstick around the house more. And he's like, are you going somewhere? I'm like, no, honey, I'm just wearing it for you. You know, so yeah, exactly. the negligee story, like, yeah. So I ran out, of course, and got something and spent a little too much in the negligee. And of course, we have a joint account. And he, he, he saw this. I don't even remember what the name of the company was, the, the business, but it definitely sparked a text. He was like, what the heck? Where are you? What are you buying? Like, it, he didn't know what it was, but it was at least a text message of alert. Like my wife is spending, you know, money over $300 or something. And I'm like, oh my. Just, just trust me and don't worry about it. You know, I'm like, oh, yeah, joint. trust the process. Trust exactly. The process. Trust the process. <laughs> Number four, drum roll, is uh, reducing resentment. Now that's a huge one. Uh, we can have a lot of resentful feelings being a military spouse. I have to be home with the kids doing this and he gets to go off with his buddies and play. And then, you know, even if it's the war zone, somehow we're still resenting, they're defending our nation, whatever nation you're with. But there's this element of resentment that can creep in, very negative. And then it all yeah. it does is for our negative emotions and um, is not good for a healthy relationship. So, yeah, this what, one comes out a lot, I find. Mm -hmm. It's really yeah, what common. Can you share on that? Please share, Lena. Um, I think it's similar to like what you just said. like a lot of the times the it's the mom or the dad even um that's alone with the kid or the children if they have multiple and their partner is gone away for five six months at a time so the responsibility <clears throat> falls on the other parent and then if the parent that's non-military they want to go out and do stuff the military parent is like oh what do you mean how long are you going for um whatever like so it's kind of like, I find it's to find that balance and try and make it fair. I think that's really important. And I find for me, like in the past, um, for personally, um, 
it never hits me that Dylan is going to leave until I see his stuff on the floor, mm-hmm. like all around the living room. And then I'm like, oh, okay, it's happening. And then I'm driving him to the airport. And then I come home to an empty with an empty car and then an empty house. And I'm like, mm, getting okay, sure. Well, mm. Yeah. And then I'm like, okay, well, that sucks. But I remember like not crying only like once, I think the next day for like 10 minutes. And that was it. I was fine. But I know that's not everyone in every situation, but it's like having resentment in a way that they left. And then also then you get used to a routine and you're doing your thing for six months at a time, let's say. And then I found for me, you kind of get used to another routine and kind of having resentment that he's home again. And like, oh, what do you mean? Like, you're you're coming home already. Um, and then you're always, like, settling. You're always changing your routine, always getting used to something. Um, so I find it's very interesting mm-hmm. dynamics and how that works. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, you bring up a, another great point because it just reminded mm-hmm. me of when I was active duty. And, you know, we ended up in Houston, Texas for one of our assignments. He's now... I'm like, well, what do they do? Well, they're like the backup backup. Like they don't really deploy. They're like in the background. We just kind of, you know, things really go bad. That's when they call us up. So I should be home for, you know, a couple of years. I don't think he was on deck for a month or two and came home and said, well, uh, we're, we're, we're shipping out. We're doing the Iraq tour. I'm like, what? You said it's the quiet reserve unit. So yeah, Semper Gumby wife. That's what I call myself. Always flexible. It's always subject to change all the time. Life is subject to change and it's, it's, Mm -hmm. it's really living in that change and, and, um, and like honoring it and respecting it and realizing, like you said, it's part of the process. So don't ever think that whatever's written or what you hear is the final word. And when you expand your mind to know like this could change, like in five minutes, I mean, our duty stations got changed. I was looking up something years ago for Florida. I had the schools printed, the grade A school list. I'm trying to, in my mind, visualize where we're going to be living, neighborhoods. I'm searching online, you know, realtor.com and Zillow and all that. And then I I think I printed like a half a pack of paper. I'm like, okay, I think I got all my notes. I'm going to start going through it. And we get a call from my husband at work and he's like, all right, open up your lap, open up the computer. I'm like, why? He's like, just, I don't have time. I got 10 minutes now. Open it up. Uh, Type in UAE. And I'm like, what, why am I typing in letters? Follow instructions, honey. Just open up the computer. Okay. So I type in UAE. He's like, what do you see? I'm like, I don't know. It looks like it's in the Middle East somewhere. I see a tower, Loberge, and I don't know. Something in the Middle East. He's like, well, Florida's out, and should we go there? Because this guy in Florida's retiring. He's staying there. So we got to go somewhere else so we can go there. Like, should we go there? I'm like, to the Middle East? The whole family? I don't know about that. And he's like, I got 10 minutes to decide, honey. I got I to gotta let the commander know. Yes or no? What's going on? But I guess we lived so much with flexibility. And, I mean, I did the Peace Corps in Africa. My mom's German. I've traveled around. So I don't have a, you know, I don't have that fear of the unknown going overseas. So I figured it's a family assignment, family duty station. They must have pre-screened something if we can still go as a family. So in 10 minutes was like, okay, honey, let's do it. And that was it. Like, I threw out the Florida paperwork you know, <laughs> bought another pack of Reba paper and started looking up everything on UAE. And, you know, yeah. there's a sense of fear, but also excitement. And, and how you translate that with the kids, too, is huge. Like, with every duty station, but that's a whole other topic. You know, I could have been miserable. Yeah. And 
energy, but it was always like an excitement thing. We're moving again, kids. We got we got something else going. We're going here now. Actually, that's changed. Now we're going here. They're just kind of yeah. like, yeah, the plans, going with the flow. Did you find when you were active duty, or that you had a sense of resentment for anything, or even your children had resentment against their dad? Yeah, I think there was resentment, like I said, both sides. So when I found out he was going to Iraq. Um, I was, I, yeah, I was resentful. Like you're leaving me again with the kids here. Like what the heck? We just went over all this in another duty station. Now we're, we're just repeating again. Like how much am I supposed to do this emotionally alone again? Thank yeah. God I have a mother. She was retired. She would come to help. She'd just say, "What's the schedule? What's this?" And she would come to help for a few months every time he he de deployed, which was oh, great. Good. Um, then the kids really got to know their grandparent too. And they're so close to her now. They call her on WhatsApp in Germany and they're all connected. So all that was building. Oh, so we brought in grandma reinforcements and German women with, you know, a little wooden stick that was like, stop it. Get off the chair. I mean, they were like, it didn't work when I would do it. They, I'd have to chase them around with the belt. Like, come on guys. Mom is getting mad at you. And they'd laugh at me. But then grandma with the wooden spoon in the kitchen, I'm watching you. They were just like, it was Yeah, great. that'd be scary. It's like the, the drill sergeant that took over the, you know, the drill sergeant. Yeah, was. really. But yeah, so a little resentment there. But like you said, like have a little pity party, get over it, cry, whatever, but don't stay stuck yeah. in that because that's not healthy and it's not going to, you know, produce any it's positive. All gonna, yeah, and it's not going to change anything for sure. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then um, I kind of got into my own groove and, you know, I'm running things on my own and I was going to work uh, full time. I had the kids, one in school, one in daycare. I had a whole flow routine, drop everybody off, get them home. I had wonderful neighbors again in Texas. Like one guy showed up and with a lawnmower on his truck and just rang the doorbell and said, I'm from the church. I'm here to cut your grass. Cause you nice. know, we'll let the grass grow when the guys are gone. Is that really like a priority when you feel like you're running the single parent thing, you've got kids, you're trying to do all their schedule, making all the decisions for them for school, for everything, the meals. The last thing you're thinking about is how long is my grass for the HOA letter to be said you met. Exactly. So this guy showed up and cut our grass. Uh, another another uh, group of ladies would text me, hey, we made an extra casserole for you for dinner. Swing by and pick it up on the way home. And they realized I didn't want to go and sit down at a table with them and their whole family. I just want to get home to my kids and have our dinner, exactly. tuck in bed, the shower, the, the story, the tuck in the bed thing. So they got that, which was wonderful. And I received. I was very I was grateful. Not like, no, I can do it on my own. I was like, thank you. I appreciate that. And exactly. um, yeah was a struggle if we would go to other homes especially around holidays and you're with families that were on base maybe or in a community that had their full family unit together well of course you're missing your guy and the kids are looking at you know the dad is home with his family and your dad's not home and so they're kind of like it, it sets up for like oh okay now we're here at this holiday party but we don't have our hubby and daddy here and other people do and so you really in that sense do kind of self-isolate, contain yourself with other, I think, military spouses with kids. Like there was a lot of meetups yeah. like that. Moms and kids together, our husbands are all deployed with the same unit. And then that felt a little more, you know, comfortable at the time because we would have resentment if we're going to a house that's got dad around and the whole unit. And then the kids are like, where's daddy? When is daddy coming back? And it's like, so yeah, that was a bit resentful. And then yeah. when he came they would also, they trained us in one spot. I don't know if it was just a spouse or we have what's called a family readiness officer. They probably changed the title now, but they were called pros. So they were kind of there to help the family while the guys were away with, you know, just potlucks and event camaraderie events so we can get together and voice, you know, concerns and just connect and laugh and cry together, whatever. 
So we had we had that set up as well, which was helpful. But she did tell us one time, you know, we the guys were getting ready to come back and I was going to cut the grass. I have all the mail sorted. I mean, I was ready to have everything done. So all he had to do is walk in the door and, you know, sit on the couch and relax and take a deep breath, <laughs> do some breath work. Well, like yeah. But the woman actually gave us a whole different, you know, tip, tip structure and was like, so let the grass grow long when he comes back and this will work good for you too since you're still on the active duty stuff. I'm thinking like, let the grass grow long. They're like, your husband will need to feel needed when he comes home. If you've done everything for him, that's just another trigger to set them off to, into depression, to feel they're not valued, they're not needed. You've run the whole house alone very effectively and you want to show it off like, look, I did this all. So let the grass go long. Let the mail pile up a little in the mailbox. Don't even open the letters. Let him physically be the one. And I'm thinking like, no, I've been doing this for eight months now. I want to do it. I got the, I got my routine. I know where the paperwork's going. And they're like, just let him be part of that process because that was all part of reintegrating, sharing some uh, house chores and responsibilities with them. And so that's what I did. I followed that advice and just kind of slowly stepped back more. And like you said, now I'm in charge. Now we're more like, okay, who's taking the lead on this? You know, we're equal. You know, like we say in Christianity, people think submission, yep. you know, that we're a doormat for the guy. But no, there's different words. There's different biblical words that are stronger than submission. And it's more about, you know, Yeah, evolving. finding a balance. Yes, the balance thing. So, yeah, we're on and on about the resentment topic. So let's go I on know. to... Hey, look at that. He wants to be part of it. He's like, I'm feeling uh, out right here. <laughs> so cute. Yeah. He's like, my dad goes away and I'm stuck with mom the whole yeah. time. I feel, I feel resentment too. <laughs> yeah. Do you actually, do you feel like the dogs, they know when someone's gone? Like if, if my, if my husband oh, yeah. for the day, we're tired, like the dogs are by the door. They're kind of, where is he? He's left. Cause we're together. Oh yeah. So. And he, he's where a daddy boy. So he, he knows he when dad's not he around. therapy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes I'd be like, where's dad? And he goes to look out the window, and they, they know for sure. But we have What's a good his little, his name's Ozzy. He's two. Um, we have a pretty good routine when when dad's not a, around. Mm-hmm. So we make do. And I find what helps me, too, is I'm kind of more of a visual person, so I like to have a, a countdown on my phone and see oh, yeah. like, how know how many weeks or months and I'm, I'm sure for some people it makes them kind of sad like oh it feels so long but I like it that way because I'm kind of more of a visual person so and sometimes it's encouraging for for him as well like oh you're coming home in a couple of weeks and oh yeah. really and yeah so that's so helpful. true mentally yeah. I remember like as soon as the day we give that final hug goodbye and kiss and off he goes with his sea bag you know, the one positive thing, I'm like, okay, we're one day closer to the countdown. Like, literally, yeah. my mind like, okay, start the countdown. We're one day closer. He's gone. Exactly. Like, yeah, it's like, and go. Yeah. <laughs> now. And then yeah. somebody gave us a great t- tip once with kids. They were, like, still, like, elementary school age or so. And just to give them that visual, we did um, construction paper chain link. So we cut them all oh, in strips, nice. different colored. And together with my two kids, we would staple you know, like little rings together, all the little chain link kind of out of construction paper. And we would hang it and would go like all over the house, like over doors and around tables. Like it was just there. And every day, each of them got to take a turn to cut one of the links off. And that was a really cool visual because they knew every time they cut that link, dad was one day closer to coming home. I love that. 
Yeah, a little tip, extra tips there. You'll get more nuggets than just five tips from us. Five is improving communication. So yeah, and it seems like you're in social work, so you're really good with your words and setting your boundaries probably and learning how to do effective communication mm -hmm. with a spouse. But um, if we communicate effectively, then we're getting our thoughts and our feelings out there better. You know, we're keeping yep. like a, a, an even tone with the partner, like we're not escalating the voice, um, if, uh, explaining like your needs, your wants, what's important to you, just getting all that out in the air with your spouse. It's like your yeah. intimate partner that you're living with for life. So you, I know when me and my partner, when we chat um, throughout the day or about our days when he's away, um, we like to take turns and we listen, um, kind of debrief about our day. We vent, especially him, but how much like bullshit it was throughout the day. So I'm like, Oh, you know, empathetic, and oh, I'm sure that was hard, and hopefully the next day's better, and it's, like, good validation, which I think is important. Um, <clears throat> I'm not going to turn around and be like, oh, well, you signed up for this type of thing, kind of like guilt-tripping, blaming the victim type of deal um, for the army. So I listen, understand that it was a hard day, and he does the same for me. So it's nice, and it's about finding a balance and um, just really – using like active listening skills, I guess, and being there for your partner, either, even if it's like through FaceTime, phone, um, in person, but it's, I find it's even more important when they go away. And just, again, like how I mentioned earlier, is just finding the time, which I think is super important. Mm. Yeah. And that just brings up another book too, like the love languages, isn't it like the five love languages or something? So when yeah. we're communicating and expressing to our spouse, they might not be receiving it in a loving way. They might, you know, because it's not their love language. So, you know, and unfortunately I have several love languages that he has to deal with with me because people are like, what's yours? I'm like, well, for me, I need quality time with the family. I like touch. I like go over the whole thing. They're like, oh my God, your husband has to yeah. take care of all that with you. I'm like, yeah, I need all the five love languages with me. And then if I ask him once in a while, you know, like, what's yours again? He's like, you know, action, just results, getting things done. So like even me just sitting too long in my office can trigger him. Like you're not out doing enough and where's your action and, you know, we'll cut the grass and, you know, like if stuff gets done around the house and I help prune the trees or help plant a tree or something and work in the garden or pick the tomatoes for our salad from our little garden that we have going, everything grows in Florida. You know, then he's nice. like, oh, she went in the garden, she used her hands and she picked this produce and now she put in a salad. Like, yeah, but if I'm just typing things or leaving him lists of things to do that doesn't that's not his love language so and yeah. then I would say also like your tone tonality when you're expressing mm. yourself like your spouse can tell if it's coming from a place of the heart heart centered or if it's um more aggressive and and defending and demanding you know and and you know my husband is a marine so he tends to give orders and you know his voice can raise up a little and I'm like Mm, the, little, the, the voice is raising a little too high for me. That's not, you're not effectively communicating me right now. Can you, and I'll start like, can you just lower the voice a little? So yeah. we go back and forth with that. And then that can trigger him more like, I'm not yelling. And I'm like, so we use that. We use our little chihuahua. The pug's half deaf. So she's, they're both 14 years old, a pug and a chihuahua. But really the chihuahua, it's like the therapy dog. So if that chihuahua who just sleeps all day on that little bed with the tongue hanging out, losing all his teeth, you know, very relaxed. And uh, in the van life with us, those two dogs go everywhere with us. If that chihuahua jumps up, 
startled and, you know, starts to run to the other side of the room with the tail tucked underneath mm. my thigh. And that's, I'm like, the dog has now moved to the other side of the room. You know, I'm going to remove yeah. from his face right now. I'm, we're going to go take some deep breaths separately and then we're going to regroup, you know? And he's like, still like, no, nah, what do you mean? I'm yelling. I'm like, the dog has now gone to the other side of the room. That's our sign. When the dog moves and tucks yeah. the tail, if you're scaring the dog, they know. Me. Yeah, yeah they, know. they know and they can sense stuff, you know. Yeah, so I use the dog there to, to you know, to and communicate. Some part of communication means like taking a pause from each other, like going in separate rooms. My husband has, you know, not been found on a paddleboard. Like I'm gonna go paddle now, you know, just take the boat out himself to go fishing a little bit. And doesn't mean, you know, we're getting a divorce. Doesn't mean we're breaking up. But it's like he just needs to be alone to clear his head out of some conversation thing yep. and. And that's healthy. And then we come back and we can continue, you know, in, in a calm conversation and, and always try to find some kind of compromise, you know, solution. Like that's what a marriage is, compromise. Someone's always going to be exactly. back and forth. So, All the time. Yeah. So I guess we've gone through the, the five, um, po five uh, tips for effectively, yeah. you know, living alone, separated while your guy is um, deployed. Um, and training, all those things. So hopefully we brought value to our audience today. And um, the only other thing I would add was, would be like one of the elements you can do together is get out in nature together. Like this is kind of our season now. We we were just getting out of the military 10 years ago. And so we went through a whole metamorphosis of, you know, finding our new living purpose, what's important to us, where we want to spend our time. Because it's a blank slate when you leave the military. So that's kind of the coaching space I'm in a lot too. And, um, yeah, we ran a boating ministry out of California, taking out injured vets with PTS. That was amazing. And, you know, as negative as people were like, well, what if someone slips and falls on your boat? You're going to be sued. You're going to lose everything. You're like, like, what? We're not working it that way. I have a little liability waiver. And it was the most mm -hmm. pleasant experience. We brought in one family after another that was dealing with PTSD. The guys would come back and self-medicate. Everybody's running to the base, getting their pills. They're like staying in their beds just with the shades closed and, not connecting with the family. So I would just say, you know, can we take you on a boat ride? Like, that's all I had. You can't help everybody, but you can help mm. that's around you. So one boat ride at a time. I, I have like a spreadsheet. I don't even know how many over three years. It was, you know, probably 20, 30. And, you know, we'd pick them up at church too. My husband would call me and be like, hey, this guy's deploying. His family's in town. I'm putting them on a boat ride so that they can harvest those memories even before they would leave. I'm like, what a genius idea. Grab the kids, grab the in-laws, get on the boat go see some whales, uh, dolphins, sea life, whatever, and experience all that love and connection and time on a really tight space because the boat's like 21 foot. Um, all that to set up for, you know, success for deployment. So when the guy leaves, when the, the service, the armed service guy leaves, he can remember that beautiful day on the water with his family. The wife can remember that. The kids, everybody that was in that space can remember that. And I call it harvesting, you know, your memories. So when they're feeling down or whatever, they can just remember back that beautiful day, bring them right back to that spot where they're breathing the sea air and, you know, think about all the five senses mm. that happened that day. So, yeah, that we were it was called actually Christ-like compassion and creating memories on the water. So we did that until the pandemic hit and shut us down overnight. And everybody kind of had to reinvent themselves, too. So we ended up just yeah. renting out a house in uh, where were we, California, and found the used van and did the van life thing for eight months till we settled. So now that we've got the van life nature element side of it i see such an importance of people getting out into nature and i'm sure in canada 
we're going to drive through Canada, like in June, we're going to Alaska, we're doing our Alaska summer adventure. So we're going to be somewhere going through Canada. Nice. I don't know what route yet, but I keep hearing beautiful things. So if we can just get out even a 20 minute nature break a day, like reduces stress and anxiety to breathe fresh air, you know, I'll just go for a walk around, you know, the block even and look at the palm trees. Um, so yeah, I would say add nature into your life together. Uh, and yeah, I do the van life kind of consulting too. your nomadic bestie. So people that want to consider adding that in their package, that's something else we can talk about. And to reach me, uh, I am at resetwithvanessa.com. It's mainly my website, resetwithvanessa.com. And I've got all my other social links on there. I also, for the U.S. military side, do uh, veteran affairs uh, disability rating audits. So that's a whole other thing. I don't know how they handle it in Canada, but for guys that are getting out, they get their retirement pay, and then they also get their compensation pay. And a lot of guys are bottlenecked and stuck with, you know, doing that paperwork. Mm -hmm. It can be overwhelming. It's government red tape. So I actually have uh, partnered up with a, a third um, party contractor and they help submit all that stuff and, and get the guys processed. So they've helped my husband and it changed his rating for life. So that gives us the, it's a game changer for how your bills are coming in, how much you're paying and, and what money you're tangibly working with when you get out. So I encourage everybody who is uh, in the process of trying to increase their disability rating to, to reach out to me too for that. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is an online therapy service that will connect you with a licensed therapist specific to your needs and goals. Therapy is kind of like dating. Sometimes it takes a while to find the one, but eventually you find that person that is right for you and also brings the best out of you. I know when I was fired from my job during COVID, and we all know how hard it is to find a job already while being a military spouse, right? So getting let go from a job for the first time ever had really thrown me for a loop. I felt like a failure, felt like I wasn't good enough, and my self-esteem was way down. But I turned to BetterHelp to find a therapist that was right for me. It took two, three tries to find the right one, but eventually I did and it saved my sanity and helped me look at things from a different perspective. That's what I like about BetterHelp. And to make things even better, you're able to chat with your therapist via phone, messaging, or video at your convenience and will take you on your own personal journey of self-discovery. You can even do this at the comfort of your own home and even wear PJs. You can switch your therapist at any time with no additional charge if you feel like your current one is not the right one for you. Discover yourself again with better help and start your therapy journey. Visit betterhelp.com slash coffee and crime to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash coffee and crime. So thank you. It has been a pleasure, Leanne. I'm so glad we connected and we might have to have more conversations like this. I know. Yeah, it was so. great. All right. Well, signing off from your life beyond the military, because we want you to focus on what your life looks like after. And it's so important that we're talking to Leanne, who is active duty at this stage, because she's transitioning and I get to kind of watch her grow and, and blossom. I call it from battlefield to blissful retirement. That's one of my taglines. So you're kind of in the battlefield zone 
and you have got hope and a whole structure and a plan. You're doing great to get to the spot that I'm in, which is the blissful retirement spot. So signing yeah, off. That's the plan. And, uh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode i know it has been a while since i've posted work has been very busy traveling with work has been very busy as well just trying to practice some self-care and taking day by day and just releasing these and picking away at the editing when i have a chance so thank you so much for your patience it is greatly appreciated i hope that you enjoyed this episode if you ever want to be on the episode let me know either through social media or through email. My email is coffee and crime with military wife pod at outlook.com. And if you're a little bit too shy and don't want to be on the podcast, that is completely fine. I could read uh, your story anonymously through the podcast if you just want to write in. That is okay too. Um, I think it's really important that we have our stories shared and put out there to the world because we're all going through the same thing. So talking about it oftentimes helps and that's what we're here for. We're here for each other and helping ourselves um, go through each day very, you know, just kind of survive and we're all trying to survive. Things have been kind of interesting lately. I hope everyone is taking care of themselves. You can find Coffee and Crime with a Military Wife pod on all socials, um, Facebook, Instagram. You can find all of my links to my social media on a link tree. So I'm easy to find on there and you can subscribe to any platform you'd like. And if you follow the episodes or follow the show, it really helps um, me gain followers and it helps you and other people find the podcast easier and get recommendations in their feed. So it's kind of like a win-win. So that would be greatly appreciated. So again, thank you again for tuning in and don't forget to like, follow, subscribe and leave a review on Coffee and Crime with Military Wife and we'll see you next time.